Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and Josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hello, we're back with the In For A Penny podcast. Thank you everyone for downloading. Joshua is with me, of course, again. I, I'm not with you, but I'm You're with you. On Zoom, as in a week that uh, restrictions are starting to ease. July the 4th, Independence Day for... Americans. Um, Americans and many in the UK will be heading for a socially distanced pint in a pub, a meal in a restaurant behind Perspex Glass, and whatever else you can do, you can stay. You'll be able to stay in hotels. Our but you know what won't change? What won't change? You can still listen to our podcast. Oh yes, we're still available and perfectly safe and coronavirus-free. There's no risk of transmission. The only transmission is audio. I actually don't think there's ever a need for us to see each other again because we can just (laughs) always record on Zoom. Yeah, I said that to everyone. Just just generally, just are you comfortable? Are you still gonna? Do you think you'll be comfortable about going to a pub in the post July the fourth? I'm not going to go to do. I'm not going to do things like that um, early days, like the beginning. I think I'll let things settle down, see how it goes before I start doing that. Yeah, I think it's like we were talking about in the previous episode about informed risk. Yeah. So you've got to, like, it's not, the virus is still out there and you've got to, some people may be happy taking a big risk, but I think it's important to be informed and think, well, it's crowds of people. Do you want to take that risk? Yeah, exactly. I'm not that desperate to go to a pub. Yeah. You can get, um, there are some pubs apparently who take in ice cream vans and they turn them into portable bars where you can just or, get a draft. What you could do is just go to the supermarket or an off-licence yeah. and buy a drink and have it at home. I don't think that's the same as having a pint pool for you. No, it's not. It's not. A nice frothy head. Just trying to make you laugh there. No? No, you've, <laughs> changed. you've, oh, changed. Oh, oh. you've right. changed during lockdown. What else can you tell me, Mark? Um, you feeling oh. good? Feeling good. Healthy. Healthy. We haven't spoken about your exercise regime. How are you doing? I've been doing you know, a little bit of, bit of exercise, trying to keep fit, trying to, yeah, you know, you've got to get beach body ready to not go on holiday. Yeah, that's true. In the summer, yeah. Where we'll be staycationing somewhere. We've, uh, we've just taken the plunge because, you know, we had the whole uh, treadmill fiasco. Yeah. Which is now supposed to be collected and taken back and hopefully refunded. So uh, after about two years of umming and ahhing, Mrs. G has finally bought herself a Peloton bike. I've heard about these Pelotons. They're popular, aren't they? It's a, it's a very expensive spinning bike with yeah. sort of online classes and things. But so far, we've put it to good use. Do you think you'll go back to the gym after all this equipment we're buying? 
Uh, maybe at some point. You know, I've noticed, and I'm changing the subject, but it's been really interesting because I just looked out the window. The animals are getting so much more confident. I've got squirrels coming up to the back door. Yeah. I've noticed foxes hanging around. Right. Um, the birds are getting closer. Yeah. Spiders. I think less people out, and these animals start suddenly thinking, hang on a minute. This cocky. is our time. This yeah. is our time. Do you live in like a big 100 acre wood or something? Uh, no, it's not 100 acres. Oh, you're and showing me your, this is great for every listener on the podcast now. Just to describe, Josh is showing me his garden. Can you see the, the squirrel? squirrel? Yeah, it's running away now. No, it's not really running. It's just going onto the grass. And you can't see by the tree the pigeon? And I can't see a pigeon. No. Yeah, okay. I was actually just opening the blinds because it's a bit dark in here. Right. We had them shut to stop the sun in during the day. Yeah. And now it's evening. Let's, let's let there be lights. Let there be light. So, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought, because we've been talking about uh, life getting a bit more free, our freedoms being returned, I thought it'd be good to talk about, well, I think you suggested some ideas about how much you could earn tax-free. So we're going to stay on the freedom train. Yep. And talk about tax allowances. And is that what we're talking about? Getting how to earn more than 30 grand without paying any tax. Yeah, pretty much. So let's... uh... Let's start with that. So there's a few, um, I guess the first thing to bear in mind is the government, as much as different people moan about them, there are some very generous tax allowances and things you can do to maximise your finances. So that's what we want to cover today. So the first one is your personal allowance. Okay. Okay. the, The personal allowance is this year, 12,500 pounds. So, unless you have an adjusted net income in excess of £100,000, the first £12,500 of taxable income falls within your personal allowance and is tax-free. So, is income just your salary or is it other things as well? It's other things as well. But So, your income could be dividends, various things, but the first £12,500 is tax-free. Okay. So that's so that's where we are so far. We've got twelve and a half thousand pounds that our listeners can earn without before they have to start paying any tax. Um, and that's quite useful, I guess. For well, it's everyone really. Everyone can benefit from that one. Um, the next one on our hit list is the personal savings allowance. Okay, so that is the money you get from your savings so let's say interest in the bank and you can earn a thousand pounds a year tax-free from personal savings so if you're a basic rate taxpayer yeah you can earn a thousand pounds tax-free right and if you're a higher rate taxpayer that's half so you can have 500 pounds tax-free you can say so if you're a high rate taxpayer it's that's if your income is fifty thousand pounds and one pence correct Correct. So once you get to that level, yeah. your your uh, personal savings allowance will reduce to £500. If you are an additional rate taxpayer, yeah. you don't get any personal savings allowance. And that's if you earn more than £150,000. Okay. So, although that's a nice to have, to actually, with the Bank of England base rate at 0.1%, mm. 
you're basically going to need a million pounds in your accounts to earn that thousand pounds. So that's not as helpful as the government may claim. Well, no, they have they haven't changed that that threshold. The, it's just the bank base rate has gone down. Yeah, go back. Okay, so it's useful for people who um, have a lot of cash. But I think also that, that highlights the point, and I know I bang on about this all the time, that putting your money in the bank is a waste of time. So if you've got a million pounds in there and you earn a thousand pounds, that's not a good return by anyone's book. Okay. Okay. Shall we go on to the next portion? So we're up to 13 and a half because I know you're keeping count. Oh, 13 sorry, and yeah. a half thousand. Okay. Are we? Oh, yes, because you've got the tra- personal tax allowance, 12,500, and the personal savings allowance. Correct. Okay. I'm keeping right. track now. The next one yeah. is for those with. Um, I don't know if you've frozen. No, I've. No, I've very, sort of, uh... You went very still. That's the trouble with Zoom. <laughs> I'm concentrating. If you were here, I'd have poached you to check you haven't hurt yourself. That's why there's no need for us to get together again. We can do this <laughs> just in. I don't want to poked by you. Um, so, for non-workers who derive their income mainly from investments or have non-savings income under £17,500, they can have what's called the starting rate of tax, which is £5,000 tax-free. So if any of their taxable savings income falls within the first £5,000 of the basic rate band, they don't have to pay any tax on it because the starting rate for savings is 0%. So any interest-generating investments, they can utilise for that. If you so earn that much, are you likely to have enough left to save? If so, again, if you earn That's such a small amount, well, it's not necessarily um, earning a small amount, but it might be that you have investments. So you, so you might not be employed anymore; you might have retired. Oh, I see. Yeah. And you could have your income from non-saving. So it's a useful one to to have because. Interest generating investments doesn't just have to be a bank account. It could be, just to pick an example, it could be um, bonds okay, that pay interest. So yeah. if we've got that five grand there, what are we up to now? 18,000 or something? Yeah, I'll take that. 18,500. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that. Okay. The next one, the dividend allowance. You heard about that one? I have. It was my favourite allowance up to a couple of years ago. Good. So tell us about it. Go on. Okay, yeah. So in 2015, the then Chancellor George Osborne introduced twice. He thought it was quite a generous dividend allowance. And he said you could earn up to £5,000 in dividends or having to pay any tax, which was good yeah. for me because a year later I went had freelance and set up my own limited company. And each year could take up to five grand in dividends, which reduced my uh, tax liability. And then a couple of years later, the Chancellor who follows him, because he left with all that Brexit stuff, and I think Philip Hammond came in, and he said, oh yeah, we're going to reduce that to two grand, which, you know, makes quite a big difference. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I think um, 
the fact that if the, if they would have just gone from zero to two, you wouldn't you wouldn't be moaning. It'd be yeah. that's nice, an extra two grand uh, tax free. The fact that it went to five and then reduced is the sort of uh, the kick in the teeth, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it was a very generous allowance. I mean, it still is a generous allowance. And what that allows you to do is the first £2,000 of your dividend income is taxed at 0% regardless of an individual's current tax position. So for, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, so dividends are what you get paid for owning shares in a business. So that could be you owning your limited company and getting paid a share of the profits by that. Or it could be, in let's say, you own shares in, let's say, Zoom, because we're talking on Zoom at the moment. And if Zoom pay a dividend and you get those, that could be tax-free. Or it could be that you're in a pooled investment, like a fund, and the fund pays dividends for certain things. That would be tax-free as well. So it's another good tax break to have. Nice. So, so what are we on now? takes us to... 20,500? Yeah. Okay. So this one now I'm going to give you is £12,300. You know what it is. Go on, Mark. What is it? £12,300? Yeah. What? I don't know. I'm I'll, I'll give you the three-letter acronym, CGT or CG. Oh, that's your capital gains allowance. Yeah, capital gains tax allowance. So... Mm-hmm. You have £12,300 tax-free each year. So that means you can sell an investment, Hmm. make a profit of £12,300 in the year and not pay any tax on it. So I guess that takes a bit of planning. So you've got to, before you sell, work out what the profit's going to be. And then, because then you might not want to sell if it's going to be too much. Yeah, I think all all of this takes planning. So you can either just fall into it and just happen to, oh, I've got this tax break, I've got dividends, I've got CGT. But actually, you probably do need to plan the whole thing to to make it work sensibly. So you've you've bought an investment. I don't know how much you've put in, uh, but you've looked at it right. I've made I'm making some profit. You know what? Let's take some of that profit because I don't have to pay any tax on it. And you can do that for twelve thousand three hundred before you need to pay any tax, whether that be shares it could be a property it could be anything really that's uh, that'd be your second property if you had a second home yeah not your your main residence so an investment yeah. property okay so that's thirty two thousand eight hundred pounds that you can earn each year before you have to start paying any tax that's not bad is it that's not bad yeah there's more I'm sure. sure there would be do they want some more some more. Okay, so that that's sort of the the easy ones to identify. Yeah. Okay, let's let's sort of then talk about a few other things. So, what else can you have? So, you could have you can take twenty five percent of your pension parts tax free. It's called a pension commencement lump sum. Yeah. Now that's not for you and I. We're too young for that. But if yeah. you are at retirement age, so which is currently fifty five, you could take a quarter of your pension part tax free. Nice. Okay. So, as long as you've got a big pension fund. Well, whatever the value is, you could take a quarter of it tax free. Whether there is 50 grand in it, whether there's a million pounds, you can get a quarter of that tax free. So, we're not going to quantify a pounds amount because it's it's dependent on your personal circumstances. Okay. Okay. Uh, The next one. So, 
if you have an investment bond, you're allowed to take 5% of the original capital invested each year without paying any tax. Okay. I'll, actually, I'll rephrase that because it's not without paying any tax. The tax is deferred until a, uh, a chargeable gain or chargeable event happens in the future. So if you put £100,000 in an investment bond, mm-hmm. you can take £5,000 of that each year back tax-free. So, and then there's no tax until it matures. Not necessarily until... matures until there's a, some sort of chargeable event, which could be you selling it. It could be uh, the owner's dying. Let, let's not get sort of too bogged down into the, the technicalities of bonds today. But I think the key message is if you've got one and you haven't yet taken any money out ever, you can potentially take 5% each year without a tax charge and that rolls up so if you haven't taken anything for the first three years you could potentially take 15 percent in year three and you're still going to get a tax charge at the end at some point potentially correct if you make a gain or there's a chargeable event if you want to do a podcast on bonds we could do that next time sure or another time um VCT investments. So the dividends, a VCT is a venture capital trust. Okay. So the dividends that a VCT generates are tax-free. Nice. So these are listed funds, aren't they, that invest in fast-growing companies? Yeah. Venture tends to be um, startups, businesses with potential. And you can either, usually you do that by putting money into some sort of fund to, to do that. So that any dividends that generates, because it's higher risk investment, the dividends are tax-free. So again, we can't really quantify it because it depends how much you've got in it yeah. and what the dividends um, generate. Uh, another one to think about, uh, ISAs. So ISA, you love that one. Um, ISAs, any money you want to take out of your ISA is tax-free. That's why we love ISAs. So whether that is the income it generates or the uh, profits, that's tax-free. So that could be unlimited, really, depending on how much is in your ISA. Let's just have a think about the personal allowance because that does that can decrease, as we said, if your income is above a certain amount. So there are ways you can preserve your personal allowance. So things you could do, making pension contributions helps with your personal allowance, okay. giving charity, Helps with your Generous. personal allowance, and that starts yeah. at home. Uh, transferring investments to a um, like to your spouse or civil partner. Yes. Um, another thing you can do, which is a little bit harder, dependent on your situation, controlling the timing of your income. So, if you can either delay certain payments or take certain payments early, that could mean that you don't fall foul of the personal allowance trap. Nice. So we're in a uh, different tax year. Yeah, correct. So it might be a, a dividend you're going to take from the business. Could you do that a week later? It might be a bonus your employer is going to get. Are they, could they pay it earlier or later? Um, and we, we're just talking high level today. So yeah, it's just food for thought for our listeners of things they could think about. Okay. Um, you could invest in non-income producing investments. Um you could what's a non-income producing investment well something that doesn't generate a um an income that maybe generates a in fact no i think the the, the probably the best answer for that is actually an investment bond where it's only going to generate an income when you 
create a chargeable event. Yeah. Did I hear someone say EIS? Yes, EIS, yeah, yes. Everyone's laser disc Yeah, I thought you did. It so is. you can you can invest two million pounds. Wow. Uh, and one million of that has got to be in knowledge intensive companies. But you can invest two million pounds into an EIS and get a thirty percent tax credit, thirty percent tax relief. So if we do some very quick maths. 30% of £2 million. Do you want to answer this one? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, £600,000. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not sort of for your average man on the street. You're not going to be chucking £2 million into an OES. But that's up to. So you could, in theory, get up to that amount as a tax credit. Okay. But it, it doesn't have to be that. If you just put £10,000 in, you could have £3,000 off your as a tax credit or so off your tax bill. Um, a VCT, also a 30% tax credit, but that's got a, a cap of 200,000 as to what you could put in. So that is six, uh, six grand. No, it sounds too low. 60 grand. Yeah. Yeah. 60 grand there. Um, as we said before, tax-free dividends on the VCT and when you sell the VCT, and there are lots of restrictions, and maybe we'll go into VCT in a bit more detail another time, but lots. when you sell, there's no capital gains tax to pay if you make a profit. Yes. On the EIS, so we, talk, we spoke about the tax credit. You've then got, not it's not um, free. Um, you've also got no capital gains tax on the gains. When you sell, and the other the other good thing you get actually about an EIS is when you invest in it, you get capital gains tax deferment if you have another gain in that year. So just to explain that, ah, I thought you'd never ask. So if you've if you've made a gain on another investment in the year, a gain of a hundred thousand pounds, and you put that hundred thousand pounds into the EIS, you don't pay capital gains tax on that original gain. So let's say it was from the sale of a property. Nice. That's that's paused that gain. It's deferred until you then go on and sell the EIS later on. So that's quite good. Yeah. Um. You can also get inheritance tax relief. So certain EISs can be a hundred percent free of inheritance tax. So lots of um, potential tax planning opportunities there, and I know we've sort of. Uh, gone through it very high level but i hopefully that helps our listeners see that if you are if you plan you don't have to pay massive amounts for tax each year but it's just more for people who have a lot of money put away in the not first necessarily place. no not necessarily two grand on dividends we don't have to have a, a massive amount of money to to qualify for that Twelve and a half thousand personal allowance. You don't have to have a lot of money to pay for that. I think the more money you have, the bigger the tax problem is. So the more you will want to make take advantage of tax planning opportunities. But it's not only for the uh, the rich. Let's say. Are there lots of your clients who would use all of these? Um, I think people tend to have a mix. Of different things. I don't think off the top of my head 
I can't think of a client off the top of my head that is using every single one of those things that we said at the same time. So if you'd like to know a bit more about any of these or have any questions, feel free to contact either of us via the Twitter page, the email addresses, the, what else have we got? Facebook. We've got TikTok. I can't work out TikTok. Okay, get us on TikTok, get us on our Tinder account. Hey, you just find us wherever you want and we will be happy to talk to you and, and discuss the questions. Please remember, anything discussed in this programme should not be viewed as financial advice. But if you do need support, please contact me at mark, M-A-R-C, at cavendishcontent.com or visit the Orchard Practice website at www.topfs.co.uk. You can also find us on Twitter at InforAPennyPod1 at Mark Schoffman and at Josh Gersler. If you'd like to leave us feedback, there's a link in the show notes telling you how to do that. We really appreciate any comments you provide. And do post any financial issues you'd like us to cover. Thank you for being in for a penny. <laughs> <laughs>